Hello, and welcome to episode 61 of the Knowledge is Power Hour. I'm Brian. And I'm Christian. Brian, we got, we got another uh, figure in the room. Sh- we have a figure? Shrouded in darkness. Son, son, come into the light. <laughs> Who are you? Dad? Dad? <laughs> yes, Brian, I've brought your illegitimate son onto the podcast. This is an intervention. Now you have to uh, confirm his existence. Oh, I don't understand what you're intervening on. Just, I know you deny his... I know you deny Jeremy's existence. His name's Garrett. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> his name is Garrett. Garrett Ritchie is on the podcast. His name is Garrett uh, Ritchie. His name okay, is Garrett this is Ritchie. Done. This is done. This is done. Garrett, uh, the last time that we almost had you here, uh, we, we were scheduled, and then uh, a few days before, you got engaged, and then... We haven't heard from you since. All hell broke loose. <laughs> um, yeah. What happened? Can you tell that story? Congratulations. When's the wedding? Do you need two podcast hosts to do the play-by-play? Yeah, who's MC in this bad boy? Yeah, um, thanks. That was actually just a really elaborate ploy to get away from the Knowledge is Power hour, hour for a decent amount of time. I just fake eloped. But, um, mm. God, yeah, that was so that was May. Um yeah, I got engaged. I was so I was in Boston, and I think the last time we talked before that, I was in Michigan between North Dakota and Boston because um, I was moving out there to teach. Bean Town. And about a month before I moved, I met Melissa, and as all like logistical planners do, decided that was a good idea. Moved to Boston. Um, then we got engaged in May, and now I'm back in Fargo. So she came out to Boston just for a weekend, for like three, four days when she was out of school. And um, I, um, I just I planned like the day of the proposal. I didn't really plan like, you know, I didn't have like a photographer or any of like a videographer or any of that nonsense. Damn, and, how, but you had a uh, ring. How will we know it really happened? I had a ring. Yeah, I like I like prepared. I had a ring and. I had it like inside of this little. You, you normally need that. I had it inside this like little like moleskin looking journal that I like exacto knifed the pages out of to hide it in there because <sighs> I never thought through like the recon 007 logistics of like if you're gonna spend the whole day with a person and you don't want them to know you yeah. have like a ring box in your pocket. You had to so like, I, like tape the notebook I to your Johnson. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I did. I just <laughs> duct taped it around. Man. <laughs> And, the um, things we do was, for know, love. Yeah, it was um, so I kind of had like this like literary catheter thing. Um, <laughs> the problem was I taped it on and then I didn't know how to open it up. And uh, they actually, I, weirdly enough, they sell like fifty dollar like slim ring boxes that are just like a ring box that's smaller. That's a um, very expensive box. Yeah, it's <laughs> very expensive. I mean, not the most expensive I've seen, but pretty close. And um, so what I had it in my pocket like, the whole day. This like really expensive box. And um, I booked a hotel, and I had booked a tattoo appointment for the next day to get uh, her initial tattoo on my finger um, for my side of it. And the problem was, like, if this went awry uh, as far as, like, the timing or, like, not getting a right moment, I didn't want to, like, shuffle up to this, like, tattoo shop the next day and be like, so, hey, do you want to get it married so I can get this tattoo (laughs) that I've, like, already put a deposit on? Uh, But it went great. It was, uh, she flew in. She took, like, three flights at five in the morning. A lot we of just points. went straight to Boston and like went to. We were staying like right by Chinatown and 
just ate a bunch of food and drank a bunch of really cool cocktails and um, got engaged. And then we went back to the hotel and ordered like overnight diner food. And they had a they had a rooftop pool. We were the only two in it, and there was this inflatable swan. Oh so shit, Johnny Manziel drunken, style. We yeah, we just drunkenly drug each other around on this uh, inflatable swan, and that was kind of our like uh, romantic swan boat ride. It was uh, really fun. Wow. And then she said, "If you love me." Don't go on the podcast. Yes, that's exactly what she said. She's actually in the in the other room right now, and I was like, "Hey, I'm going to be saying some really profound and funny <laughs> things." So, wow, um, copyright. You know, I'm going to so, have to so check. Yeah. I'm going to have to check with our intern, uh, Carl. But that has got to be the most elaborate ruse anybody has ever come up with to avoid our hard hitting journalism. Yeah, I actually moved in with her um, just to continue Man, this avoidance. That's commit to that's the commitment. Yeah. 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 So I um and somehow I still here so I don't know if that's a bad omen for the for the ruse. But well, a lot of men fear commitment. Um and we I can see from that that whole thing that you are not one of those men. So congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, actually speaking of commitment, I can um I've got a I've got a better story that might um if it's not interesting you can just cut it. But um so I have this uh this this thing Right here? It's a for the for the listeners. It's a tattoo of a ship steering wheel. That's the technical term, right? Yeah, the stern. I think, I think no, that's that, the back of the ship. A um a nautical a nautical craps table. Nautical craps um, table. Oh, that's okay. Yes. Or craps wheel, I guess, not the table. But um, so um, so Melissa and I we met in Grand Forks. And we had, we met in April and like had about a month before I moved to Boston. I already knew I had this job, uh, the job in Boston. And we were like at a brunch place or something on like a, on like a Sunday, just, you know, doing like white people brunchy things. Hell yeah. Um, and we're just talking about how kind of like quickly things went and how cool it was. And we're like, Hey, so, um, so yeah, like this is pretty crazy, you know? And like, Hey, at least we don't have matching tattoos. Ha ha. You know, just like laughed, and then she looked at me and goes, "Odds are," and Ooh. I'm sure you guys remember the game "Odds Are." So I said one in twenty, and seventeen was said on both sides. And bam, wow, a week, Clutch. A week later. So, um, so yeah, that's a that's a thing, and Damn. she's getting so us updated she... with uh, with some of the wedding flowers that we're having. So Very that's cool. going to be really cool. Wow, is hers on the left bicep? Hers, hers is, yeah, hers is. Hers so is like kind of moved, your... moved down and over, but yeah, similar. Do you ever put your arms together and then make them touch? Oh yeah, we actually also have that tattoo where if you turn sideways, the, that couple hugging that forms the heart outline nice. in profile. I don't know if you've ever seen that. God, I love that. That's cute. Yeah, it just looks like you like tried to like run through a laser like spy di- diorum, but instead of lasers, it was silly string, and it just randomly caught you at random places. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a total disaster. That is the most like consequential odds game I've ever heard of. Thank you. Yeah, that's um, I think it. Yeah, I think it's the easily the most consequential one that i've heard that was sober i've heard about someone they got like a viking ship tattooed on their ass oh wow. but it was like you know obviously <laughs> like under that one like no way that's happening sober for those who don't know the odds game that we're referring to basically you say hey what are the odds you do this and then someone says one and 20 and then you both count down from three and then you say a number between one and 20 at the same time if you t- if both people say the same number then you, you have to do, do the, the thing. thing 
and, and actually, as a matter of fact, Christian just told me that he is going to play this game on air right now. Yeah, with you, Brian. Yeah, uh, so I guess I'll give you what are the odds that you do something. Oh, wow. Then, That's so generous of you, Brian. Yeah. And, and okay. might I add that I, don't, I will frown upon any odds higher than 1 in 20. Wow. Okay. Granted, I mean, honestly, and Brian, you can't abuse that too hard, but note that anything that isn't as serious as a permanent marking on your body with another person probably should be under 1 in 20, and significantly so. Hmm. I like that uh, philosophy. All right, Brian, hit, hit me. Christian, what are the odds that you tweet right now, Bill Cosby innocent? <laughs> well, one in 20, Brian. <laughs> All right. This, is, this hey, could be just hey, like terrible fodder because how like, would it, you're probably not going to get it. How would it change if you said to tattoo it instead of tweet it? <laughs> uh, it would probably go up uh, 20 times and what if what if it was tattoo yourself that or tattoo it on somebody unknowingly (laughs) you could pick either one oh that that would be one in ten yeah i would definitely sneak up behind someone give them give them a kanye tweet tattooed just i even put in the little follow button the like rt symbol yeah yeah all right brian you want to do this yeah shit three two one eighteen seventeen Okay, you can't no, just wait I, until after I say it. I wasn't it. waiting <laughs> for you. This is, we're recording <laughs> like, what? on a delay. That's, uh, All right, whatever. Yeah. Um, you're not, Garrett, you're not on the social. No, no, no. I, I want to, before we get into this, I want to revisit some things from Garrett's story. First off, okay. I know a lot of people, you know, when they get married, maybe they say like, oh, she's my partner or my soulmate. So, like, legally, what are you going to call Melissa? Uh, Definitely sugar. Okay. Okay. No, um, it's actually, no, it's an interesting one. We we talked a lot about what we were going to do with uh, last names. And, you know, I've always, I've actually been, I'm not averse to it, but um, I flinch a little bit sometimes at the use of partner sometimes um, Mm -hmm. just because I've heard it a couple times in a heterosexual context that makes it seem very, like, putting on airs. Like, ooh, like, this is, like, what I'd normally call my girlfriend, but I'm calling her my partner because, like, I'm super, like, super, like, um, wow. I don't even know the word. Like, you know, aware or, like, hashtag woke. Woke. woke yeah. I'm the, I'm the yeah. wokest, yeah. So, like, I've heard it. I'm like, woker than you, just I really, so you yeah, know. I really respect, like, that for sure, like the, like, the allied thing behind it, but I've just heard it used kind of, like, in a loaded way. Um, but we talked a lot about, we never, boyfriend and girlfriend always just felt kind of silly just by nature of how quickly things went right. and just what it was. Um, fiance has been cool, um, except fiance just feels like a word you're just like being like, hey, I'm engaged. Hey, I'm engaged <laughs> to people. Uh, so that's like a use sparingly one. Um, so then I end up saying Melissa and just expecting people to know what I'm talking about. But for, uh, for when we get married, the way we're going to, we were discussing, you know, who's going to take whose names. Uh, her last name is Tige, T-H-E-I-G-E, which is amazing um, and sounds way cooler. And I was like, let's do that. Like, I want to be Garrett Tige. Like, that sounds way cooler than Garrett Ritchie. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it sounds thought, pretty similar, actually. Yeah, it, well, they Just, both got, like, the balance yeah. to it. Um, yeah. So we were going back and forth, and, like, she really wanted it to be, like, you know, more, like, egalitarian than just, like, compensating, essentially, for, like, you know, a history of 
patriarchy. So what we worked out was she's going to keep her last name for her middle name and um, any fiction work that I publish, which is kind of like my active pursuit now, is all getting submitted under Garrett Teige. Cool. So if I published a novel, it would be Garrett Teige. If I published short stories, etc., um, it cool. would be under. Have that you thought name. about Have you thought about combining the names into uh, Tiggy? <laughs> Tiggy. Well, we tie it. Rygi sounds kind of like a fungus. Rygi. Um, like, it kind of sounds like ragu, like the pasta sauce. You pronounce that ragu? That sounds more like an airbender. Sauce. Brian, it's a sauce, not a Dragon Ball Z character. <laughs> Too much sauce. Rai- oh, ragu. You, you can get lost in the sauce if you don't have I caught it. a ragu the yep, other day. It was mind. like level 23 or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it was nuts. Um, All right, Tiggy, though. Tiggy. 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 Tiggy is Tiggy seems a little better than Riggy. Tiggy, Tiggy, Tiggy. Tiggy just is like too see? close to like Jiggy and Titty. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. Garrett, that was a really eloquent and interesting answer to a question I only asked because I wanted to hear you say my wife. But it's okay. Um, it's, it's fine. Oh. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> That's so wholesome of you, Christian. <laughs> so, okay, an- another thing that happens a lot when people get married is they start thinking, which, uh, which podcast host do I want to do the play-by-play at my yeah. wedding? Yeah. So have you, you know, have you been thinking about that? And I don't I just talk. What's oh, up? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, just you know, I've actually been, so, so my job now, this is, I promise I'll make this a quick preface. My job now is I sell ads for a business magazine that's attached to the paper that Grace used to work at um, and the paper I used to work oh, at. Oh, shit. Um, so, Long-time yeah. listeners might remember Grace from episode 60 of the Knowledge <laughs> is Power Hour. Um, which should really be episode 36, but, um, you know, what's the matter? <laughs> Who knows? So, um, so yeah, I sell ads. So I'm now doing advertising. I'm selling. Welcome the to the biz, my guy. Yeah, it's, um, but I don't get to make anything. I just have to like convince people to buy ads in this magazine. Uh, and that involves a three-hour drive once a week to Bismarck, which is just due west on I-94, which is like the most barren drive that exists. Um, so I listen to a ton of podcasts in my 2001 Jeep where I use like a portable Bluetooth speaker because I don't have any way to use my phone in my car. Oh, been there. Uh, so I, like, ho- I hold it next to my ear because my car is so loud. Oh my um, God! But I've really? been listening to, yeah, it's it's a it's a struggle. Um, but I listen to a couple podcasts, like um, like a couple crime ones, like Criminal, and oh, actually, you know, it would either the one it would be. No offense to you two, only because if you know this podcast, you might understand. Is uh, my dad wrote a porno? Oh, you know, I've never listened to that, but I know people like it. Oh my God! Okay, yeah, I don't want to turn this into a plug for that, but it's just essentially, you know, under the guise that this that guy's dad is writing erotic fiction under the name uh, Rocky Flintstone <laughs> and they just read a chapter of the book every week just and react to it and it's um everyone that I've told about it just cries listening to it and I it's like one of the funniest thing. and they get like Elijah Wood comes on the show and oh damn um so I, I bet think, Elijah Wood does come on the show <laughs> Ooh, man all of his names are good for that <laughs> uh, so uh, it would be Garrett- between those three and you two I would say, Oof. but they have more porn, so that's the tiebreaker. Yeah. Brian, we need to play some erotic. Hey, this is Please. episode sixty-one. Maybe we could do something special at, in, uh, in the near future. Episodes. Yeah, no, in no, the near maybe. future. Yeah, we'll see. I, I mean, eight, eight episodes from now, it seems prime. Yeah, yeah. Um, Garrett, do you work for Fargo Monthly? No. So, oh boy, I'm gonna. 
I mean, let's not go too inside baseball on this, but I used to have so, a client that advertised in the forum. So it would be okay. insanely funny if I was like, I need a rep for this magazine. It's like, oh, it's, uh, yeah, Garrett Ritchie. <laughs> yeah, so Fargo, so the forum, Fargo Forum puts out Prairie Business. Oh, Prairie Business. And okay. Fargo Monthly is like a direct competitor, Fargo Monthly and Fargo Inc. Mm. But they don't really affect me because I can't take clients in Fargo or Grand Forks. I only get clients on the west side of the state because we have a rep in Grand Forks that takes clients over here. Uh, so, and I wish that rule didn't exist because then with connections in Minneapolis, like you, if someone wanted to do prairie business, which hits all of North Dakota, you could just call me. I would call you uh, anyway. Yeah. Just be like, I'm not working with this other schlub. <laughs> I'm working with Mr. Ritchie. See, I wish that's the thing. Like, it sucks if Mr. I meet Tiggy. anyone in Fargo and they're like, oh, I want to buy a $3,000 ad. Like, I just have to pass that off. Damn. You get the oil companies. I mean, they got to be. Well, yeah, do but they the do accents? Kind of falling, but there's a lot of money. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's crazy. You Well, okay, so you said you don't get to make anything, but you, you do get to make deals. <laughs> I do get to make deals, yeah. I, uh, I kind of just Who make doesn't the like art that? of the deal. Um, just, is, is that Trump's book, The Art of the Deal? Yeah. It, well, it, it's the book under Trump's name. Okay, that makes sense. I don't think he can read. Uh, the the last thing I wanted to hit was you you hollowed out a notebook and put the ring in it. I have yeah. always wanted to hollow out a book and put like I don't know something in it, a flask, a medallion, a kilo. A kilo oh your Johnson. My Johnson. <laughs> How hard is it to to cut little like a square in like? G- a give square? me give me. How did you make that? For your Johnson? Well, I mean, if it's infinite jest, you could go, like, in multiple directions. Yeah, you could. So, um, you could. it was, uh, it was, I don't know, it was, um, it was kind of difficult. I, I, I just took, like, a box cutter knife, um, which is really the only good one. <laughs> Brian's crying over there. It's, it's fucking me up. Um, I'm laughing at my took, own joke. It took a long time, because the blade, you know, just paper dolls knives really, really quickly uh which is weird i only know that from like being a weird hunter fisher type that sharpens knives Hmm. um so i'm sitting there and i'm just you have to hit each side it probably took me like 30 minutes to make a hole the size of a ring and then deep enough that i could get down in there and then if you don't make it big enough at first trimming it to get it a little bit oh it must be hell bigger opening it, it rips it doesn't cut right it's uh and there were a couple ripped pages and i and then to make it even better i realized when you open it that hole would just disappear if all the pages fluttered. So then I super glued all the pages shut so that there was just like, it was no longer really a book. Uh. Um, and it had one of those little like clasp closure, like elastic things. So yeah. it didn't look like unnatural and it was in my pocket the right. whole time anyway. Yeah. Like I, that's literally been on one of my like summer to do lists since high school. Has been like hollow out a book and like just put something in it. Yeah, I would I would use like a notebook or something with sturdier paper. If you tried to use something with just typical notebook or you know novel paper, it probably wouldn't. Not cut as like well. the Bible. I mean, the Bible maybe. We um, Rob and I smoked the Bible senior year. So I'm <laughs> sure, you could. Uh, wow. You could do that? Yeah. Did, did you we, say uh, you spoke the Bible? That is so righteous, and I respect and appreciate that. <laughs> we um, we took the page of Leviticus with all the like a man should not lie with another man and we rolled up just tobacco in it and tried to smoke it and then i think we nailed the rest of it to the wall 
Wow. It's not that hard to speak it. Like, I don't, why'd you, why was that so hard? Uh, it was because it was on fire. But, I mean, you know, the word of the Lord was just burning, in my, burning on my tongue. Yeah. You, you rejoice in the holy word so much that you want to inhale it. Yeah. I mean, my 16-year-old self who was considering the priesthood is, like, shaking his head at this. But, yeah, I wanted to just totally inhale the word as incense. Shaking his damned head. Essing <laughs> his age. You could have been the young Pope, Garrett. You could have been smoking Pope. Oh, Lord, I've heard about it. Smoking Pope sounds like, <laughs> that's, like an activity I can That's get what I with. call it. Uh, I'm actually watching Smoking Pope right now, and it's. I'll tell you what, this is. This ain't your normal Pope. It's a, because he's, he smokes. He smokes. Which is cool. He's, that's cool. He's got a kangaroo. He wears a funny hat. I mean, this, there's a the new Pope in town. The kangaroo or the Pope? Well, yeah, but who's who's wearing the hat? Christian? Only the Pope, the Pope only so far. But I don't know this kangaroo. You don't know what he's gonna do next. He and the Pope, they're like a dastardly duo. Is it a is it a talking kangaroo? Like, you know, kangaroos don't usually talk, but this one talks, and that's and that's entertaining because they don't do Brian, that. Brian, you could have referenced Anthony Anderson's seminal classic, Kangaroo Jack, but you didn't. There's a talking kangaroo. Is it kangaroo in that. Jack? What? Is it Kangaroo Jack with the Pope? You know, some some people call it Kangaroo Jack with the Pope. I call it Smoking Pope, but you know, people have a lot of names for it. Anyway, you guys should watch it. It's insane. It's just like with the weirdest shit. But we're not here to talk about the young Pope. We are here to talk about uh, why Garrett. Uh, is still not putting us, the Knowledge is Power Hour, in his wedding. That's fine. We'll get over that. We'll get to that later. But you're not on social media anymore. Yeah. What I can't get over, I, yeah. Garrett, wandering the wilderness without a, without a notification in sight. Yeah, you know, I, um, I'm, still, I'm still on Instagram, so that still exists. Um, and I have a new Twitter that I'm just, like, saving. Ghost Twitter. Uh, yeah, ghost Twitter. Um, but I was just thinking about, I was thinking about my Twitter and like, I've just talked shit at too many celebrities in my life at oh, this point. Oh, wh- like, uh, Kanye West, Donald Trump, Kanye West. You say this like uh, it's a bad thing. Uh, I just was thinking like, what if, I don't know, I wasn't using it anymore. I wasn't tweeting anymore unless I'd like get drunk and then I'd like tweet something angry at someone. <laughs> and that was all I was doing. I wasn't even following Shea Serrano. Wow. Um, a bunch of my students found it, and one time in class, a kid randomly was like, drinking tequila on a Monday, and then just like looked up. I was like, oh, oh Lord. Shit. So that got deactivated, uh, or it got put back private, and then I was thinking like, I don't know, like, it just wasn't anything I was enjoying or using productively. What, you don't, you don't like seeing uh, 90% of a feed that's full of negative political commentary. <laughs> no, that was, yeah, that was why I left Facebook because at least that one's just impossible. And I, this is the first time I think I found myself engaging in just pointless, me terrible conversations. Yeah. And I couldn't stop. I could not stop myself. Really? And, um, I honestly, I got and, back and on And you're Facebook used to with, engaging in matrimony with women. Yeah. <laughs> one woman in particular. Not. One. And that was part of me, like was back on Facebook because you know, that was like one of those moments I wanted to actually have on Facebook. Um, be like, hey, look at me. Like, I got engaged. Woohoo. 
which was silly, but of all things to like, that was easily the quickest way to tell everyone that I got engaged. And I thought about just ghosting it like a That's month a good later. Point, yeah. And I didn't, but then every time I deactivate, I need to contact somebody only that I only know through Facebook or I've got a message that has an address in it. So I had to reactivate it today and then I actually deactivated it like 20 minutes later. So, and it's, it sucks that like there's the choice that like if you like go to Facebook and accidentally click log in or it's got your stuff saved that it just recreates your account that quick, which just goes to show that it's never going to actually go away. Yeah. So, so you chose ghosting, not posting. Yeah, ghosting, not posting. And hopefully this is the end of it. I don't know. I just, it's weird. I mean, I know Snapchat has changed a ton since I left, but Instagram is getting to cover enough stuff, but I'm even getting sick of that. It's just, I feel very fragmented, which is a very, like, cliche. uh, Cliche. I hate saying cliche so much. Um, The pronunciation, not the word itself. Fragmented, kind of like how we get news yeah, I can't I can't focus on anything. Okay. Astute, um, Brian. And Thank you. I just don't like the feeling of not focusing just makes me feel like actively miserable. And so I'm yeah. trying to get better at that. It is um, like Twitter is one of the I mean it is the like innovation that has changed my life the most in recent times. What has it done for you? Well, you know, you got breaking news. You got commentary on breaking news. You got like sports event twitter which is when everyone's watching the same thing and you're all making jokes and you got like comedy like twitter is just like you know i follow all these people that make my timeline like so good because it's like all the people i like you know news sources i get all my shit and so it's great and i would be like very sad if twitter shut down and i've been thinking about this a lot lately but like i think it is i mean like you said it's it's not the fragmentation like twitter has done like irreparable harm to my brain because like my attention span is so much lower because that's just like bit 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 tweet 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 um and so it's like if twitter went away it would like ultimately it would be a good thing i'm not gonna like say it wouldn't be but it would be sad because all these people that i follow and like and enjoy their shit you know would be gone and i wouldn't have a quick way to like check the news and and what people are saying about it um and garrett do you feel that way about not being on the web or is your life fine no that's i mean like the way you describe twitter like that's all the things i liked about twitter i probably liked it the most because and now even when like there's breaking news that i'll see like in that really bad apple news app i'll go to twitter and try to find because that's always the quickest like even if you google like go to google news i can't find things quick enough yeah so it's bad to not have because my twitter account's gone once you deactivate twitter it just wipes it um so, so would you say that you chose being a quitter over being on Twitter? Fuck, Brian. Yes, would you? I was. <laughs> you're only, oh, um, but, you have all these quiffy lines. Give me some <laughs> freaking analysis. God damn it. <laughs> so I, um, yeah, it's, I miss those things, but at the same time, I'm just trying to find, like, how focusing is making me feel just better mentally, I think. Yeah. Um, and so without it, like, I've been reading more, and I've been able to, like, read a book for longer periods of time. And I don't want to sound like a, like a ludite, you know, like, where it's, like, oh, if technology is bad. I just, like, it was getting to the point where it was negatively affecting my headspace. And Yeah. No, I, I, I just... I totally get that. I've been... Since I moved in with my roommate, Chris, he's, like, a huge reader, and he has, like, all these books. And so I've been reading a lot more since, like, June, whenever I moved in here. 
And it is like, it feels great to just sit down and like read something for like an hour or even just a magazine article that's, you know, five pages or something that might take me like 15 minutes just without interruptions because yeah, that fragmentation is like, it is killer. It's like, uh, it's like, it's like a drug. It's like, I love what it gives me, but it's, you know, it's bad. It's bad for me. Yeah. I've got, um, I have this friend who the, the 15 minutes thing is actually kind of funny. The study is like, it takes 15 minutes to hit like a certain level of concentration mm-hmm. or focus. And the, even like your phone buzzing on your table, even if you don't touch it, well, it can kind of shatter that apparently for, and it takes totally. another 15 minutes to get to that point where like you retain things. And there's a, there's this book called flow that uh, a friend of mine recommended to me and he's actually done some because, because the, of your hair with the author oh never yeah mind. because of my hair um he this guy and my friend did a positive psych his name's sam sperlin uh and it's about like studying the state of mind where you like lose yourself in your work where you know someone yeah. else, like playing sports or you sit down and you've done like you know you'll do like three hours of work and you'll look up and you're like oh my god what i have no sense you lose your sense of time and you feel very productive and positive and trying to find ways to like enter that state more easily and you know Twitter and these things just inhibit the ability to do that. Like it's a different form of pleasure, but it inhibits right. your ability to do the other form. So it's, it's junk food. Whereas like yeah. flow and reading a book for an hour is a nice, you know, steak or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Flip it, flip it on your head or flip it on the head though. What if you view that type of junk food or you, um, interact with Twitter and social media as if it is your work. So you focus on it in the sense that what you're doing is pursuing whatever goal you want. Is that possible? Or is it too much happening at once? Too many flashing lights? I mean, that sounds like something I wouldn't be capable, like, because I know there's like, I know there's a ton of people that do it. Um, I don't know if you guys know Tao Lin, the author. Um, He's written a bunch of really like bizarre things. Uh, He has a book called Selected Tweets that just is a selection of tweets Hmm. that he published two years ago. Um, Like his own tweets? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I think it's his own tweets and some other tweets. Uh, I'm reading a book of his called Richard Yates right now that just fictionalizes Dakota Fanning and Haley Joel Osment in a relationship uh, where like Haley Joel Osment what? is like autistic. I got to say, I'm not being so like I'm not I'm not I'm not into this guy. <laughs> yeah. So it's, uh, it's I just don't even know that it, how it's legal. Like Haley Joel Osment is like obviously has Asperger's or like autism of some kind in this book. Does he? And, and Dakota Fanning. I have no idea. And Dakota Fanning is like severely depressed and she's 16 and he's 28 in the book and they're having sex and it's just he's just kind of like this very deadpan writer he writes in this very stiltedly boring declarative way on purpose Um, but he writes a lot about the internet and he studies the internet and he writes for vice about like studying people on youtube for 30 hours of video in like a two-day span Uh, so he's kind of like the quintessential Hmm. like writer i guess person in like my ideal career field that's doing like the writing of the internet um and I think it's like, I don't know how you wouldn't go crazy. Like, I don't think I could deeply focus in a calm way no. on something so scattered in the same way that I could focus on writing a short story or interviewing so, somebody. Like, if your but, job is to monitor, like, tweets and, like, I don't know, a hashtag for your company or whatever, you know, if, if it's something united with a hashtag and it's like everything's pretty much the same, then I could see it. But like anything else, and you're just sort of like trying to sustain or subsist 
only on like flaming hot Cheetos. You can't do that. You need like the good shit. You can't just have this junk food all the time. So yeah, I'm just picturing eating a bag of flaming hot Cheetos and then trying to like sprint a mile. Yeah. So you said earlier, Garrett, that you are like kind of trying to pursue fiction or not trying to, you are pursuing fiction. Is that in relation to not being on social media and what, I guess, do you want to, like, what about, what are you doing? Um, I, I asked the good questions over here. I don't know if it's part of it. I mean, that's kind of been the goal since maybe, like, mid-college, just never seriously, I guess. You know, I was too concerned with, like, getting a job and moving and all that. So I've always been, like, I moved to Grand Forks, like, a week after we graduated. I just packed my car up and just drove up there and lived out of a hotel for a week and moved into this apartment. And, um, I started like, I guess, you know, probably the most structured writing. I would just try to write like a page of a legal pad every night and did that for like a month or two and then worked on some short stories and then went to Andover, like wanting to get into teaching English to just have my brain in that form all day instead of writing like city hall stories for the town of Grand Forks. Um, and then I left there and came back here and was going to go to grad school for English and TA, but didn't know if we were going to stay here for two years. So I've been applying to a couple MFA programs in fiction for next year. Um, and just submitting short stories to contests on the side. So it's not like, I mean, I'm not one, any kind. I have not won anything. Um, I've submitted to four, five. I got rejected by one. I lost another one to like the stupidest story I've ever heard of in my life. It was this woman who was receiving letters from someone she didn't know that were just coming Classic. to her house. And then it like, it was, it was a flash fiction contest. So it was 500 words and it was about receiving these letters. And then like, in, and then she would just describe little scenes from each letter, like, like skiing down the mountain in powdery snow, um, <laughs> the roar of a waterfall, like swear to God, like stuff like that. And then, um, Isn't that a metaphor it, for cocaine addiction, though? <laughs> for, that's just, yeah, that's how I describe it in my books. My memoir. Addiction, not a fiction. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the last line of the story was, and she wondered who they were from. Wow. And it won the contest, and it was judged by Karen Russell, who is, like, a published author. Um, so. Have you considered that they might have been from God? Yeah. True. <laughs> So maybe 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 Karen Russell was the one that wrote those letters, and it got turned into a story. I don't. I have no idea. So anyway, I got rejected from that one, another one, and two other big ones. Most of them were bigger contests, though, that give you like two grand, and anyone can enter them. So like, I'm not probably going to beat out published New Yorker writers, but I just figured I would make myself start to do it. And uh, my uh, Melissa, actually, my soon-to-be wife, Christian, sorry to disappoint. Um, I, uh, I fell in with two, the writer in residence at Andover and her husband are both published writers. And she pretty much threatened me that if I didn't send along a draft of a story I'd been working on for a few years, that she would just get into my email and send it, which was just kind of like a tough love way of telling me to finally send it to them. And that was the first time I really did like a ton of revision and ended up using that to apply. Do you submit the same story to every contest or do you write a new one? Um, I submitted one to three different contests because it was the only thing of like a legitimate length and what I think is the best quality that I've put out and just was like, maybe it'll do something. And then when another season of contests comes around, I'll probably submit like another story 
to two or three. Can you give then, us the title of that story, but nothing else? Uh, Blast Radius. <sighs> okay, I would read that. That sounds, and, that's uh, a good title. So that was that kind of sounds like the the name of a book written by Rocky Flintstone. Uh, yeah, that, uh, <laughs> that that is actually going to be probably the the sixth book in the series. Uh, Belinda blinked. That is actually the name of the book. Sorry uh, to belittle your work. I didn't. That wasn't the intention. <laughs> belittle your work. I feel like I, now just, I just feel like a pompous, like established writer. Um, and well, then Garrett, the have you one, thought about writing pornography? Um. Actually, actually, um, so I guess if there's any way to describe, like, you know, saying working on a novel is super, super shitty, but um, what I've been working on kind of in bits and pieces since last January is um, a book about a kid in college, like a, like a junior or senior at a Christian college, trying to write a literary erotic novel. So, like, mm. trying to write, like a, like, a sex novel that's, like, on the level of, like, Hemingway or, you know, like, a Kerouac or a Franzen, but just like a, just like a porn. The Hemingway and, of erotic f- fan fiction. Yeah, essentially. Um, and kind of just following him through like the disaster that is the research he does like into like just the depths of porn and I would read this trying to submit it in his um, creative writing workshops and like what his relationships look like when he's just spending all of his time thinking about how like, what makes things sexy, like trying to like turn things so clinical and analyze them in the same way you'd analyze like something you write about. Um, so it's very fragmented. I've just written a bunch of little scenes and characters and trying hmm. to f- turn it into it. So yeah, that's, uh, that's probably the closest I'll ever come to writing porn is writing his attempts at porn scenes. Do you have a title for that? Comradius? Uh, I do not. Okay. Uh, what'd you say? Comradius. Try that one. Maybe <laughs> consider it. I don't know. And uh, if you use it, I'd like a byline. Or uh, maybe just uh, magna cum laude, but Ooh. just... Uh... <laughs> yeah, magna cum loudly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's that. That's, uh, that's the first public debut of that idea. So, Come. Garrett, you know how maybe sometimes people say writing about writing is very masturbatory? So yes. is writing about writing about sex like masturbatory masturbation um yeah probably uh but i think it's not like i think the writing is going to be i don't know it's probably going to turn into like if it actually did get published i'd probably just get ripped to shreds because like this guy's just like putting off his shitty attempts at writing erotic fanfic (laughs) as metafiction um but i think i mean metafiction's entertaining at least you know like they're like david foster wallace's first novel is this woman works in a publishing house and she's reading submissions from all these people and all the submissions are just what hilarious. They're just like way too overwrought and just terrible, but it's like, it's fiction within it's writing within writing. So I think it's not going to be a book. Like it's not going to be this kid like smoking cigarettes and drinking coffee. And it's not going to be like the thing that most of the kids in the journalism school like jacked off to. Sure. Um, it's just like, that's just the premise is that he's working on this book, but it's going to be more about sex than the writing. I think. Okay. Well, Speaking as a voice of the people, uh, if I can, if I can get going sexually, but also not feel bad about it and feel stimulated intellectually, True. that's the sweet Ooh, spot. Yeah, 
I think you invented and, a new again, genre here. I am the voice of the people here, so just keep that in mind. So is that was that also just like the flip side of that coin saying you usually feel like immense guilt when you get going sexually? Was that the... There's like, I think that's a common theme that after you are are done, you kind of recognize what has happened and you process it <laughs> and it's not always uh, as great as you want it to be. Postcoital abyss. Yeah, you fall into the PCA. PCA, that's the name of our, that was the name of my uh, first apartment. What? <laughs> Postcoital abyss. abyss. <laughs> well, I, I, was, I was workshopping the G-spot for a while. The cheese spot. And, uh, wow. Never, uh, which I thought that was a little, that was kind of clever, you know, a little over, a little extreme, you know, like promising a lot. But uh, never, I never debuted that to anyone. Wow. Well, I think if we ever, Brian, if you and I ever start like a, a over Skype emo band, it should be called the Postcoital Abyss. <laughs> and apparently that's a lie. I just heard that, that was a lie that apparently I did, I did workshop that name. Oh. So I stand corrected. Yeah. We'll, we'll issue Is your a publicist correction. listening in? What was that? I didn't know your publicist was listening in. Yeah, my publicist apparently is listening in. She's really, I, that was the first thing I've heard at least because I have the headphones in. So, I mean, other things could have been said. Yeah. Um, well, she's cool though. Well, do you normally feel an, an immense sense of pride uh, post, in a post-coital setting? Uh, a sense of pride. Or pride, maybe not pride. I'm trying to say the opposite of guilt. Yeah, I think pride's good. I feel like a pack of lions. Like, that's kind of what it feels Ooh. like. It's just like riot, lions. Um, a pride of lions. Like, rushing across the savannah, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, oh, man, I wish her name was Savannah. That would make that, that, would make that so much oh, better. Oh, yeah. Then you could just write about that. Shout-outs to uh, Savannah. I think I knew, like, one Savannah at Mizzou. She was my, when I was an RA. Savannah's, are all Savannah's hot? That seems like a name... You got to be hot to have that name. Oh man, you just asked me now if that one Savannah I know is hot. That's all you just did. She was cute. She was cute. Yeah. Savannah Guthrie. I should Any know takers. who that is. I know that name. Takers. That She's like on CNN or something. I can't, I don't even know what she looks like. Um. I feel like the worst part about being named Savannah is having to like deflect people who say banana and try to make it like a cute original nickname. Who says that? Who says you know, that? Like, you know, like Aunt, my Anna Banana or my Savannah Banana. Savannah Banana. That's how. That just sounds. That's just harsh sounding. Yeah, Brian. What, don't be so mean to the Savannas out there. Now everybody's it, gonna call them bananas. It rolls off the tongue. Okay. God damn it. You know, I'm just sitting here thinking of rhymes. I have no depth to provide. Um, that's what I so, usually say at the PCA. <laughs> Um, we've been talking a lot. Do we want to do a song of the week or should we just power through this bad boy? Oh, I already got one. If I get to pick, you do get to pick guest of honor. Okay. Um, yeah, this is like one of my personal favorites and just fits well. Um, and then we can just, this is like pretty much the only pop, like political statement I need to make, but it's just, uh, by my boy YG, the never gets old. Ooh, yeah. um, and I, you know, I really don't understand why this hasn't been talked about more because it's probably the most like blatant political statement in music that I've heard. Um, and it's fuck Donald Trump by YG. So I have two, two comments on that. Uh, the first comment is that there's a very prolific music critic that has like, he has a newsletter, his name's Bob Lefsitz. 
last Friday he sent out something like just a very long message about how there's no protest music anymore because everyone's kind of like, you know, like they're just kind of afraid. And I just responded with that song. I responded to him. Uh, and I'm like a nobody. He like Jimmy Buffett contributes to this thing. Not that Jimmy Buffett's like the paragon, but like, you know, he's a big name. Uh, like a bunch of like people who run labels contribute to it. And I have like notifications on my computer when people like click it and when they like open it and he like clicked it like three times. Nice. So oh, I'm working on it. And then the second thing is we did play this song a few months ago. Doesn't matter. Uh, do you, well, do you want to play part two? No, oh, no. Dude, that was just what I was. I was just gonna say part two. It's kind of weird that they co-opted two white dudes, and I hate G Easy. Um, Why is Macklemore white on part two? You don't know. You didn't know G Easy was white. Ooh, I didn't know I that either. I, yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, G Easy looks like if you took like Stu Abrams. Do you guys remember Stu from uh, Mizzou? Yeah. No. Shout out my guy Stu Abrams. Um, wow, GEZ is white. If Stu Abrams and Donald Draper became like an asshole, did uh, you call him that's Donald G-Eazy. Draper? What? The what? Yeah, look up a picture of GEZ. It looks like Stu yeah, Abrams he... and Donald Draper. <laughs> Donald Draper? Is that what you said? Yeah. You're out of your mind. That's his well, birth I, name, Christian. I, I think it's just because I just said Donald Trump. So, yeah, um, yeah I know. It, yeah, it's Don Draper, but whatever. My, I can't believe Macklemore is on yeah. FDT has, part two. Macklemore has one good line, though. Like, he has one line that makes his presence worth it, and it's the Starburst line. What is it? It's like, uh, you're, like a, it's, um, like you're like a roll of Starburst. Nobody fucks with the orange one. Which is also know. just not true. I like orange Starburst. Yeah, it's. I think and it, and it turns them. out people do enjoy the orange one. I don't know necessarily who these people are, but they do. That's me. Was so, yeah. Um, well, that other line that Macmore has that's like, "Hey, I, I apologize for all white people. I'm so sorry. My DMs are open. If anybody is uh, wants to talk, um, not a great line that one." Um. Well, I could also suggest a lot song by the Leather Corduroys. That's impossible. You can't be um, leather and corduroy. Well, I gotta actually remember the name of this song. It's a uh, Corduroys. This is gripping. It's called like radio. Leather Corduroys. Pantsuit by Leather Corduroys. Pantsuit <laughs> Leather Corduroys. Um, Irie, Irie Trill Vibes by the Leather Corduroys. <laughs> uh, and the mixtape is uh, Porno Music Volume 2. Oh. So right. that, that's fitting. That's fitting. I'm back in on the Leather Corduroys. So, yeah. Okay. It's, uh, can you repeat the song name again? Because I already... Uh, yeah, it is uh, Irie, I-R-I-E, Irie. Trill Vibes. Okay. By the Leather Corduroys. By the Leather Corduroys. All and right. the, the picture of the cover is... PMV2, and it's a piece of celery like dripping with blue cheese. Mmm. Yummy. Um, but yeah. Alright, so leather corduroys, KPH, don't touch that dial.
song i've got to make my sign off uh, i've got to go write some porn all right no garrett how, how how long can you make your sign off uh probably like two minutes okay give us some thoughts on the politics on the media maybe ronald reagan while we're at it that's how we all know each other i mean we knew each other before but we were all in a class with him gonna be a deep sign off <laughs> tell us everything <laughs> about your life and why you're here everything about my life why i'm here and politics um, yeah well when mike pence sent the email saying that he decided to confirm betsy devos uh, that came from the white house at least because um, i i don't know it came to my my primary inbox and i just with just quickly just responded fuck you you idiot to the email <laughs> and just fired it off and was like oh wow that was our vice president and uh then they responded and said due to like the high volume of emails um, this can't be processed. And I'm like, ah, oh, it totally makes sense that they're like not using the website properly. Kind of like when they're like, release your tax returns. And he's like, nope. <laughs> and everything is just happening that shouldn't be. And the Bowling Green Massacre, um, may we forever remember them. Yeah. Uh, it's just, I don't know, it's just, it's, just, it's just wild to me. Uh, just at this point, I was just, I was so pissed off and now I'm just still pissed off and just don't really know how to react so I'm just silently following it from like Apple News, and I'll just Google Trump. Which and their app and their app sucks, so that's hard. Yeah, their app sucks. Uh, I don't have Twitter, and with all this fake news everywhere, 
um, even just like even the like older people that lo- that hate Trump like are using fake news to like bash Trump and it's just everything feels like a George Saunders or like Vonnegut short story right now like some of the news about Trump coming out side by side with like the internet losing its mind over Beyonce being pregnant with twins is just stuff that if I told you four years ago you'd be like this is a really really silly novel idea that is never going to work because it's dumb and that's what our world is now that's where we are and um so yeah I uh, I got rid of social media so that I could email hate letters to Mike Penis <laughs> Mike Pants that's uh and I'm engaged and looking forward to my wedding, despite the fact that Trump is going to be president. Well, thank you, Garrett, for uh, coming on. This is fun. Of course. Thanks for having me, guys. Um, next time you ask me, I'll tell you that I'm getting married and therefore cannot come on and I will avoid you for another seven months. Yeah, so. sorry for opening like that. I really put you on the spot there. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, no, Brian it's just loves to hear proposal stories. He can't get enough. Yeah, there, uh, YouTube is a great place for that, too. Is it? Yeah, uh, people that do like the twenty-minute videos. Brian, you better it. check that out. So it's like the worst combination of TLC and uh, high school hallways. TL TMI T- TL- TLC the uh, PDA the TLC oh. and not like a yeah not TMI not a, not the band Left Eye yeah, yeah not Left Third Eye, eye Blind oh. yeah Third Eye Blind and Three Doors Down. <laughs> All right. So hey, with, with that. that I will, uh, uh, I will talk th- to you guys later. Yeah, thanks, Garrett. Uh, Good talking. Laters. See ya. You're going down in words with friends. Mm-hmm.